0: This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars
1: podcast with Andrew McKay Smith. You've tuned into a conversation between myself and Halloween drummer Danny Lobler. The catalyst for the conversation is the brand new studio album from Halloween for 2021. It's a self-titled affair. Now, if you've tuned in via YouTube, you may not realise that I've been conducting interviews with musicians for about four and a half years or thereabouts, but that's a bit of a misnomer. I don't conduct interviews. I have conversations. So what you can expect is an exchange of dialogue. Of course, Danny and I talk about the brand new album from Halloween, but we dive into his thoughts on touring, watching soccer from a fairly unusual vantage point, Australia, and many other subjects. So here he is, Danny Lobler, who is the drummer in Halloween. Hey, good morning. Hi, mate, how's things? Good good evening. (laughs) Good evening indeed, yes. (laughs) How's things? It's around six o'clock, isn't it? P.M. 7 p.m. for me, yeah, yep. Seven, seven, okay. Where are you based? Gold Coast. Where is it? Do you know Brisbane? Yeah yeah of course Breezy yeah. Yeah yeah Brizzy's fine, ah, yeah you even yeah, got the low cap. Yeah I'm I'm probably oh, yeah. about 50 or 60 kilometers away from Brisbane. Ah oh.
0: Breezy, ah oh, good times. Oh, <laughs> I remember good times having in Breezy <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a nice town, Brizzy, yeah, that's for sure. And you, you guys are welcome here any time you want to come over. You know that. So it sounds like, you, you, to your point, you, you have had a great time here. So tell me about that. Was it just a good night out in the town and good night meeting fans? Yeah, uh, hey, Brizzy. I mean,
0: we've been to, uh, to Australia, I don't know, a couple, couple of times. I do not really know how many times we've been there. Mm. Uh, I remember one certain night in Brisbane. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but it was a tough night. <laughs> it was awesome. a fucking hard show the next day. That's all I can tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, as a, as a touring musician, I've often wondered that. How how difficult is it to you, for you to constantly back up and perform and then get on aeroplanes? Because it's so horrible getting on aeroplanes when you've got a hangover, isn't it? Nah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Even when it's up to that level, you know, <laughs> like then, then it gets quite tricky during a, during a flight. So, uh, and while getting older, it ain't getting easy, easier. Uh, and, yeah.
1: um, I know the feeling too, don't worry. Uh, but you're fit. Sorry? But you're very Excuse fit. Me? You're very fit. You're athletic. So you should recover quicker.
0: Yeah, uh, depends <laughs> on the night before. <laughs> Being able to run around the ho- a block doesn't mean that I can't digest uh, tons of alcohol even faster than the other ones. I mean, I suffer from it as worse as the other have too. And uh, so, yeah, but those times has almost gone. And, uh, at the beginning when I joined Halloween, or at the beginning of my career, we were partying, of course. young bloods put a heap of Rebels into one club, onto the, into the tour bus and whatever, and let them play and do whatever they want to do. It ending up in having a lot of funds and alcohol and whatever. We'll automatically part of it. Yeah. And so I had a lot of fun being on tour in my career. But... Um, the moment um, I joined Halloween a lot of things changed because the responsibility, it's not just being in an opening band or in a smaller band or whatever, no, all of a sudden mm. you are in a band that around the world and fills and um, packs venues and people are there who uh, waste a hell of a lot of money, hard-earned money, mm. uh, to see perfect show the best way you can. So um, from that moment, a lot of things changed, and I'm a quite professional professional in that way. So uh, yeah. I have strict uh, a strict plan over the day when I have to eat what my tour manager knows exactly. My touring, yeah. Now it's time t- for Danny to eat that and that, and to to get back on my feet uh, after a long long tour or a hard, hard show to to. Or to resist, I would say uh, that, uh, yeah, that stress on tour, uh, and even if you have to fly a lot, that makes a lot with your legs, for example, and yeah. your know, double bass drum. Yeah. So getting out of a plane onto a stage and uh, burst out into burst into uh, eagle fly free—that's uh, that's a lot of pain going uh, because mm. of the air pressure, whatever yeah. you suffer from during a flight. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And then being all of the sudden, playing drums in Halloween is a kind of sport, Yes, you know. Um, I like it a lot, of course, but it's a kind of a sport. And so I take it the way a sportman, a sportman does. So I follow the same way. Because I'm a sporty anyway, so I'm yeah. into, I watch what I eat. Uh, but I'm not a holy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a sinner too <laughs> you're allowed to be I mean you're, you're in one of the biggest heavy metal bands on the planet so you've got to be allowed to enjoy yourself from time to time yeah
0: no, of course I mean <laughs> hey it's life it's, and if you are surrounded by so many cool people or pals I am and during the tour, even our crew, I mean, we've been together for such a long tour, even with our crew. So we became friends and our families stick together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm best man to our monitor man or my monitor man's best man to our whatever. So we are all really welcome yeah. the kids, the families and so on. So it's, uh, it's Halloween is a real family, it became a real family all the years. So. Uh, with I- our prince on top, Mr. Polkartt. <laughs> <laughs> I a is Vi uh, is our yeah that's viking <laughs> that's the family and grand, grandfather of it all
1: <laughs> yeah I get it I get it so so tell me uh, Danny how have the interviews been going have you enjoyed being on the promotional trail for this album
0: yeah I mean for me as a drummer it's uh, it's really strange i mean to do interviews uh, part of the I call it job, uh, it's, it's my passion. It's part yes. of living the dream. But uh, I'm not a songwriter, so uh, all of the sudden, uh, my, my, my schedule is packed with interviews, and I said, hey, I'm the fucking drummer, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I'm used giving interviews for drum magazines or magazines who, want ha- who wanna have the drummer uh, yes. to talk about the drummer side. But now all of the sudden I have to talk. I have I'm packed. My schedule is packed with interviews, and that's the first time in, in since I joined Halloween um, having that much interviews, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it as much mm. as uh, the other boys do, of course. And yeah, because it's quite overwhelmed, and um, um, there are a lot of requests. But, um, for interviews to the band towards the band and um, that's the first time. Uh, um, our department, I don't know, the promotion department, or they are they care for they organize the sure. interviews, I don't know. Yeah. So they say, uh, Ute, it's the boss I was phoning with her yesterday and she said, man, it's a massive run. Uh, of interviews. Uh, she can't help. It's so many, it's so much and it's the first time and that's overwhelming too as the reaction of the album as is, 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 is well. Uh, it's uh, a kind of strange, it's uh, crazy what's going on these days here in uh, Germany or in the Halloween family.
1: Mm. Look, I, I, I know you've been in the band since Keeper of the Seven Keys, The Legacy, was released in 2005. So this self-titled album, I think if I'm counting correctly, is your sixth studio recording of all new material with the group. I think that's about right. There's been a few live albums and EPs and things, yeah, but that's uh, in terms of an album. But I've uh, to, get to to back up your point earlier about the interest, I'm so interested in what the band is doing at the moment that I've already interviewed Sasha, and to Marcus, now I've got yourself, because it is an incredibly strong album. I actually believe it's the band's strongest album since gambling with the devil. Do you feel the same way? <sighs> it's, uh,
0: I got, I've got. i got that question many times before. And um, to me, um, I just can say when we gathered together uh, when we gathered to listening to the demos. um, So for me as a non songwriter, so I have a better point of view Hmm. of what had happened back then because I, I don't write songs. (laughs) So what I could, what I felt back then was uh, that the song ideas and the existing ideas and the already existing songs, were bursting of freshness. I call it freshness. Yeah. yeah. The energy. The, every every song, even every single little bit, bits, a uh, bits of ideas. They were packed with energy and excitement. It was like I said, wow, that I hadn't had before. Uh, even when we listened to the listened back then to the, to the ideas and songs of, of Gambling, uh, which is a strong album indeed. Yeah. But um, that was the first time ever since I joined Halloween that I had this impression uh, mm-hmm. when listening to a Demo. Well, these song ideas and whatever you want to call it, this stuff was bursting, exploding. It's still packed with energy and freshness it made me a kind of, uh, I was kind of taken aback. You know, it was like, oh, holy shit. It could get something really special. And to pick out one album as the better one in that long career uh, of making albums, ah, uh, it's, I can't do that. Every single album, previous album I did with the, with the boys or in my career is really unique. Mm-hmm. and not comparable to, to another one because it's art. You can't compare the picture I painted yesterday to a picture I painted a couple of years ago. That's completely different, um, um, yeah, it's a completely different way because, because it happens. And it's uh, the reason why it happens is what I want to say. So mm-hmm. it's art. Yeah, but yeah. I have to say, Gambling is a strong album and this one, I have to insist, <laughs> it's a strong one too. Uh, mm. yeah, good on it's getting yeah. better, it's up to you guys, uh, you're more the neutral referees
1: in, in this game. moment. So. The neutral referees indeed, but I think they've already made a decision and said that you're onto a a winner here. And a point that I made with Sasha was that I feel like as though this album brings you guys to a very healthy middle age. So the band's been going for around 40 years or so, but you're just going to keep on going now for as long as you basically all want to keep on going for. In other words, it's your decision. The industry won't make the call for you. As long as you guys are releasing albums like this, the fans will keep flocking to you.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, we decided to go keep on going as uh, Halloween, uh, not as Pumpkins United, mm. um, as it started, yep. as it had started. Um, and now uh, we are, for me, it's just uh, the seven of us under one flag. It's called Halloween. And mm. that's the reason why we named it just Halloween. Sasha Sasha, for example, came up with this idea, hey, boys after listening to the material at the recorded album, I mean, we got Hmm. two completely different mixes done during that long period of pause, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) Because 2020 was, uh, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: uh, it would be a tough statement after all this, the band uh, went through or had went through to name it just, Halloween. it's a tough statement and as you as you mentioned before uh, yeah we decide to keep on going as the seven of us and I guess yeah we will go forever whatever that means as long as we are capable of doing it uh, That's uh, that's it's another it's another topic another subject you have to keep you have to take into account I mean getting older and older and older and we're talking about still speed metal uh,
1: uh,
0: yeah. I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest, but uh, I know a three-hour show, um, that was a tough one, for oh, example, yeah. for my friend, Yeah. Uh, often he came up and was kind of perching on my outdoor bass drum, so we fixed a pillow there, <laughs> specially made pillow for Waiky, so that he can have a rest, because a three-hour show, standing in front of people playing that kind of really uh, kind of fast music intense music takes a lot uh, even for an old man uh, like he it's, it's, it's not he's not supposed to be a sports
1: man.
0: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, but back on track I guess we want to do it as much as long as the fans want to have it have us and as long as we are capable of doing it So. Mm.
1: Yeah, indeed. So, just with, with your drumming, then, did you approach the album any differently than the way you might have approached a Halloween album before? In other words, did you try anything new this time around? Mm, um, I while during
0: the two during the Pumpkins United tour, where we burst, where we played so many legendary old songs. From the keeper eras, even from the Walls, and that mm-hmm. was a that That's the key point from, from 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 my point of view, from my approach uh, towards the recordings we had on the past tour. We had that kind of uh, Walls if Erico medley, you know, where we put all the client, all the pinnacles I would say of the of um, um of the Walls into yep. one song that song was around 15 minutes. Oh man, it was a battle, it was a massacre to me because waltz is anything else than a ballad, (laughs) packed album. So, Mm. um, But this song, I call it this medley, this song was packed with endless energy Mm. and you could feel how the boys Acted back then. There were no regulations. There were no rules. You know, fuck the rules. We do whatever we want to do, and that's Walls of Jericho. That was the approach of Walls of Jericho, mm-hmm. and that gave me uh, this feeling I can't describe. But this being a rebel, uh, yeah. uh, that kind of a rebel feeling. I wanted to uh, transmit into my drum recordings. And um, that's what I tried to achieve um, while recording. So if you listen to the drumming, that's the first time in my Halloween career that I uh, deliberately overplayed the songs.
1: Uh-huh. Literally
0: wow. overplayed. I, I followed every chord change, every choir. I, it's packed with symbols, accents, and and patterns, and grooves, and little bling blings. I embellished every, uh, supported every chord change and whatever I could do while keep a groove on the right symbol going, which is a distinctive feature in Halloween, for example. Um, Ingo came up with this thing, uh, and I keep this thing, his legacy going uh, up today. Uh, and but back on track to this feeling I got during the tour while playing night after night, this, uh, Walls of Jericho medley this particularly feeling of roughness. Um, I wanted to transmit to the album and mm-hmm. I overplayed deliberately, and I just smashed the drums onto the tape and yeah, it ended up in having that what you can hear now. Uh, that's the difference to what I did in the past, I'm uh, really, actually I'm a meticulous one, I have to be really meticulous and fuzzy because I have to come up with the exact, is a perfect timing, Uh, precision is my second name, so to say, that's what Waike always says, but this time I didn't care about ah, it's a bit floppy, ah, fuck off, how does it feel? And Charlie and Mimi we were like, "Yeah, it feels the bass drums are kind of mm, uh, shaky, but that makes the feeling." And that's the way, uh, for example, um, Marcus told me, uh, Walls of Jer- Jericho was made." So that was my attitude and uh, the approach towards the recordings, and that's the difference to what I'm used doing in the past or what I did in the past.
1: To be yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, sweet, yeah. I'm going to have to listen out for that then because I'm, I'm a bassist and uh, I love it when a drummer cuts loose. Now, I've always considered you one of the preeminent metal drummers, certainly that I'm aware of from all of the albums that I've listened to and I've listened to so many at this point in my life, being in mean, my mid-40s. But, uh, yeah, your style is very much bang on top of the beat, I find. You're not one of those drummers that drags the beat because some do, don't they? So I'm going to have to go back and, and I've listened to, I've had the album now for about a week or so haven't had it long enough yet to form opinions about each musician's performance except to say that it's just it is up to that extremely high standard Halloween you guys have already said but I love hearing from like what you just said then the nuances diving into the detail to understand the approach and how that influenced the songwriting so here's a question for you about the two returned vocalist and one guitarist. So Michael Kiske and Kai Hansen, I understand. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was as far down the line as you're going to change the name of the band to Pumpkins United. But there you go. But uh, Michael and Kai, having them back in the band, and of course this is the first time you've been in, a, in Halloween with them. In your opinion, what what do you think that they individually brought to the recording session?
0: Um, it's quite easy. Um, Kai always, I mean, he's an energy-packed battery, (laughs) you know, and he brought in—he really brought in that kind of energy. Uh, It's an uh, almost overused word in my vocab, but he's a—he's a real power battery, Mm. Uh, power bank, power bank in a sense of—he's really floppy when he plays. For me, it's like oh my god, where's Mm. the one, to be honest, you know, Mm. compared to Sasha, Sasha Sasha is a machine, and packed with energy too, but he brought Kai is a living Walls of Verico energy bank, and that's what suits the song, that's what you can feel on that record, that's what he brought in, that's my opinion, and Michi He's just a distinct, distinctive voice of Halloween uh, without offending um, Andy yeah, mm. or Kai. But, I mean, at the pin- pinnacle of their career, mm, that's my mm. opinion, it's uh, Kai, uh, Kai Kiske. Kiski, <laughs> <laughs> Kai, Kai, Michi Kai, Kiski or oh, me. I get it. <laughs> and, and having having back that missing link to me it was always the kind of missing link this voice Hmm. Um, that what we have now on the record and that's that was another point that gave me goosebumps i i I remember quite well when i counted in the first song uh, we played together in the rehearsal room uh, it was um, uh, i'm alive Mm -hmm. Um, playing that song the first time with the original voice and with the, or one more original guitar player, that energy that 's exactly what we 're talking about uh, what we have now on the record that were kind of a, of a missing link those two and that 's what Miki brought in with his voice is uh, he just brought in this missing yeah, it's, it's a distinctive feature, as I said before, his voice, this shining, bright, powerful voice, um, that's what he brought in, and it's, uh, it's together with Andy, um, voice-wise, wow, we are blessed in this band,
1: eh? I'm so glad you shared your, your, your real opinion there about that because so many musicians often tend to defer and take a diplomatic approach, overly diplomatic approach, I'll say. And it's so great that you actually have an opinion on that and that you're in the band and that you can experience all of these things. You know, so were, were you a fan of Halloween? I'm talking like a diehard Halloween fan before you you were, before you came in. So was this like joining your dream band?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't say sorry for
1: coming, but I wouldn't say a
0: die-hard fan. I, I'm not a die-hard fan of anything. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Halloween, of course. I was a fan, and I'm still a fan, you know. And so um, I'm I'm a music fanatic. I still buy vinyls and I'm jumping up the bits getting my copies of whatever I order you know yesterday I ordered an old talk talk vinyl oh, wow. with a, together with a DVD it's a special issue here in Europe I'm up the bits so I'm a music fanatic and that's what I I consider myself being and so I I was a Halloween I'm still a Halloween fan hmm. but I get I'm it not a diehard fan so it's, yeah I get a what you're saying I'm a
1: Overall, Sorry. <laughs> what was it like then working with Blaze back in the day? Because I remember when he joined Maiden. Was, was Blaze your springboard to greater success? Would you, would you say it like that, do you think? You know, you got noticed in Blaze, which gave you the opportunity in Halloween, and maybe if the opportunity with Blaze didn't come about, you might not have got the opportunity with Halloween.
0: No, 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 no. Um, nobody actually took notice or had taken notice back then when I was on tour with him. Hmm. Um, um, it was a great chance to me to play with a former Iron Maiden singer, you know. Hmm. Uh, but talking about the Iron Maiden era, uh, which wasn't that successful.
1: No, it wasn't very good to be quite frank let's face it and that's history has proven that to be the case but I I think Blaze was cruel because the band didn't tune down half a step and they desperately needed to do that
0: It wasn't his fault I mean Mm. he did I listened I listened I wasn't into Iron Maiden back then when he was in in Maiden so I lost a bit track of of this band after Seven Son of the Seven Son I was a kind of I lost kind of track Mm. you know they didn't Got me, uh, get me. So and um, then I listened. The first time I listened to the place Bailey phase or, or era was um, when I was with him on tour. Uh, so and it, my opinion, it it wasn't really good, but it was it wasn't his fault. Uh, you have to put the blame onto the, onto the band. Why did they take? A singer like Blaze Bailey. It was completely the wrong voice.
1: Yes, yeah, completely wrong. Com-
0: yeah. They slaughtered. Hmm. Yeah? They slaughtered kind of Blaze Bailey. Yeah? Because in Wolfsbane, he did a hell of a job. He has a wonderful voice. But this voice was completely the wrong voice for a band like Iron Maiden. So for him it, it was a kind of a, a downer for his career. I would name it a downer. Yeah? And when we, when I was with him on stage, I mean, he's a he's a power bank and he's an entertainer. But um, I guess up today he's been suffering from this from this negative Iron Maiden era. That's to be honest. Uh, and uh, wow he's still in the slums. Uh, he, yeah, he suffers from it,
1: in yeah. general,
0: that's opinion, uh, that you can feel. Uh, still up to date, he just talks about this era and uh, I'm so sorry for him, I feel so sorry. But to your question, um, actually my former band, Royal Rags, it's an old band, so was the, that was the we were recording in, in in Halloween Studio on Tenerife, so and we were mm. we were we worked with uh, Charlie Bauerfeind, who's the longtime producer for for Halloween, so that were actually the connection. Um, oh, when okay, it came to right. the, Yeah, so we mm. were at the same studio and on Tenerife, so Ludl and his wife and Charlie's wife were around, so the families were around, so. So that was the, the the time where we got to know another and when it, come, when it came to the day <coughs> I uh, brought my name onto the table and Charlie said oh yeah, just give him a try and I got the call and now we're talking about the seventh or sixth album I've
1: recorded yeah, with them I've got your I've got, I've got your sixth studio album down it's there There could be more but Wikipedia might be wrong there, you've definitely got a lot more releases to your name but i just focus on the studio releases because they're the big ones that tours the tours happen behind the studio albums yeah
0: I mean I did a lot of I did a lot of uh, studio jobs in between for whatever but mm. for me it's Halloween that's my baby that's my band that became my band uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm the one. That lineup is the longest lasting Halloween album uh, uh, lineup. And Line up, so yep. Yep. For yes. me, I'm the fucking Halloween drummer, so what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, own it. I'm I really i proud of it. Really yeah, it. And you work your ass off for it. So good on you, mate, for having that opinion. You know, I mean, this is the thing you know, you're always going to get these old fans that want to go back to. The Jericho era or what have you You know I I, st- I I remember distinctly talking to fans Who considered Bruce Dickinson The new Iron Maiden singer He's been in in and out of Iron Maiden For like 40 years or something And I was like So what, what do you mean Are you going back to like When Iron Maiden were like a rehearsal band Or Because Paul Diano, in my opinion Wasn't very good at all You know He's like a He's a yellow You know what uh, The same uh,
0: Same with uh, ACDC Yeah Brian Johnson's still the new singer after 40 years, 35. <laughs> it's
1: been, 40, <laughs> it's been over 40 drummer. years. Hey, yeah,
0: I'm pushing the 20 20, 20 anniversary in this band yeah. and Sasha as well. And Sasha is always the new guitarist. I mean, and we are the young bloods. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm I'm pushing the 50s, uh, and so I'm an old <laughs> fart as my mates do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. And I'm the fucking Halloween drummer, and but I understand all the fans who are, want to back want to have back, um
1: Oh, sorry, uh, my, to... my my camera, my camera sometimes does that. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs>
0: but I completely understand that the, now we bring in the world Die Hard friends of the of the really beginning era, yeah, with walls mm. of Jericho. I mean. I do have the same with um, with other bands, for example, uh, a lineup. are listen, I put it that way. For example, Master of Puppets. It's a really meaning album to me. It means a lot. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, and so, as a young blood, you stick to that lineup. Yeah. Because it's not just about the music. It's just about the artists behind the the lifestyle and uh, whatever. They are a role you are kind of a role model then. And a certain music, I know you you know what I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, you go through different periods in your life and every period is packed with feelings and impressions and things you have to go through. And music is the is a kind of a transmitter for your feelings. Uh, yeah, goodbye describing it. Yeah, and yeah. all of a the sudden there is a lineup change. It's uh, for me. It was like uh, for me. It was hard when, for example, Jason Newsom left the band. No, it's the new bassist,
1: <laughs> Rob.
0: <laughs> Rob, he's a monster. I've 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 known them. I've known him since the releases of. He did with your so yeah. and whatever. He said, he's the perfect bass player on this band but for me something has changed you know and that's the way and the reason why I understand the die-hard friends from the walls of Jericho or even from the keeper of the seven keys or from the Uli Kush era yeah. who are complaining about the new drama who sucks and <laughs> I, it's okay for me because as long as they're complaining First of all, at first place, they have feeling towards music. Music means something really different, uh, important to them. Yeah? And that's a, good, that's a good sign to me. Yeah? And on second place, yeah, as long as they don't like me, I'm still alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've, look, even with my podcast series, occasionally I'll get some negative feedback and it's not even that bad to be honest with you, but, it surprises you at first and you think, oh, shit. And then you go, oh, fuck it, who cares? It's got nothing to do with me, I don't know. And they're always, I've got to say, they're almost always anonymous users too. You don't know what their names are. They're using Firefox 32 or some other stupid name. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, so you, you, you can't reach an unanimous happy, happy reaction or whatever for you or result for you. But think about, I always think about the way If everybody liked the way you do, or you go, or whatever you do, mm, uh, the negative sides triggers me pushing even harder. It's uh, a matter of fact, isn't
1: it? To prove them wrong, I know what you're saying.
0: Okay, mate, I prove you're wrong, rather than, oh yeah, I'm a good drummer, oh yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody likes me, so I haven't to, I haven't to change anything in my personality, yeah, which is yep. an important, important part of being an artist or musician, the personality, the side of your personality. Yeah. yeah. Because your playing's that's an interesting point of view. Uh, Charlie came up, our producer came up with. Listen, then. Um, the reason why you are in Halloween are the play, your playing skills are just about 20% of the reason why you are here. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other eight are your personality because you suit the band, you fit into this, uh, this Rooster, into these characters, the respect you get up with and all this things. Your personality, your, the way you are, uh, act as a human being, that's the 80%. And, uh,
1: Yeah, I'll never forget reading David Gilmore's comments about Guy Pratt in Pink Floyd, why he recruited Guy Pratt. And he said words to the effect of, we can find a bass player who can play this material. Any professional bass player who gets paid for a living to play bass can do this. What I couldn't find was somebody who was fun to be around, who had a good wit. And you you strike me like that. You strike me as though you've got a very good sense of humour and that you'd be fun to be around. So I can see why they recruited you. Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, we fit, we, hello, my little cat, <laughs> so, uh, oh, there you <laughs> um, oh, mate, I can tell you, I've got five of them, right? five. They, they drive crazy, eh? yeah, we've
1: got but cats, uh, too. Yep. I see the
0: band line up and uh, character-wise and personal, uh, from the personal way. Uh, I like the boys, and meanwhile we became more than even friends and partners or whatever. And yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm a crazy one too. So um, every one of <laughs> our, every single character in this lineup isn't really of this earth. Uh, I mean, we all have a kind of uh, <laughs> we are really crazy in a sense, mm. and uh, together we are strong. <laughs> United, we are strong. So. Yeah, but I know great. what you're talking about. You don't need a perfect musician, you need a character. That's what you probably wanted to say. Oh, that's the way I want to describe why uh, certain musicians are on, in certain bands. Well, You, you need a you... character who transmits something, who has something to say, who moves something, uh, who makes you feel good or who makes you feel shitty or whatever. Um, that's a good show Uh,
1: that's a good sign yeah I always say because I play a fair bit too that the people I want to be in a band with sure they can play but at at the intervals so we play play covers so play for an hour stop for half an hour play for an hour that sort of thing I want to talk about the football scores I want to talk about current affairs if we're talking about anything else like if we're talking about what happened on stage or what have you I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to talk to you about that, God, because we're going to go back on and do the same thing all over again. There's no point in. You're a professional musician, you should already know what to do, especially if you're in your 40s. If you don't, then you shouldn't be in the band, in my opinion. You know, with what I'm doing, so. Those people that can share jokes and we can talk about things that are pissing us off in current affairs and the big one for me is football because I play on Friday and Saturday nights and we tend to watch the rugby league we watch here in, in Queensland. Uh, yeah, it's rugby
0: different
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, different to soccer. We got soccer here too, but it's not it's it's big with the kids but not with the adults as a spectator sport. Uh, we're very uh, very much under rugby, rugby league and a little bit of rugby union as well so we all have a team and you pick a team and you just sometimes I'm playing and I can see over there that the game's on the screen and I'm watching it I'm watching them as I'm playing pace and <laughs> getting frustrated because my team is the Tigers and they lose a fair bit it's fair to say
0: <laughs> that's what I did on, uh, on which tour I did it I had, a, I, I had a computer next to me and a lot of people thought oh um I'm starting any I'm starting any backing tracks or whatever. No 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 no. <laughs> I had soccer running there so my drum tech fixed uh, fixed the computer up there and so we had uh, a certain uh, sports channel running and I was playing on. Oh, shit. Oh, shit the <laughs> in, in the I, could, I was kind of either frustrated
1: or happy. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's killer that you can do that. Yeah, that's. they're, that, they're the sort of stories I like to hear because, you know, you, you you are a regular person, meaning that, of course, you are. But, you know, everybody sort of thinks that rock stars and musicians are up on stage and just, you know, this is what we do and we will play until our oh, hearts are content. But, of course not. I mean, you've got this whole other life that you've got to lead and you're a big sports fan too.
0: Yeah, yeah of course. Soccer. Uh, I, 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 I watch soccer every day. You know, I have a special uh, payment on yep. teddy so that I got a key so I can. Uh, uh, in I, I enabled uh, the world of free soccer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's awesome. I'm into it um, and sport at all. So, I'm. I, 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 I'm a passionate skier you know not skiing, skiing nice. skier skiing i go skiing as as much as possible it takes me just uh, 45 minutes to get onto the slope uh, from here so it's not that far and so uh, and lifting weights and every almost every kind of sport so i'm completely into it and that's what i need on stage being on tour or yeah. during the rehearsals when they're fighting or talking about chords and stuff I'm getting kind of bored. So I put on, I have always my computer next to me, soccer running. And then they talk it to me and they don't get an answer. What about the results, Danny? Hey, what? And everyone is like, ah, you're watching soccer, are you? Yeah, of course. Nice. A- everyone knows. It, so.
1: <laughs> Which team do you follow? Yeah. Ah, Bayern Munich, of course. Probably you've heard about it. Oh, of course, I heard the team name. Yeah, yeah, big, big, huge European side. Yeah, uh, they are. They are really, really huge. They belong to the uh,
0: five uh, top fives in Europe, so to say, or worldwide. In, in worldwide, soccer.
1: yeah, top definitely. Five there. I mean, there's, there's like he, Chelsea. Well, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, there's Ajax, uh, there's uh, a few, Barcelona. There's, like Barcelona, there's like five or six that are just known the world over. And anywhere I've gone in the world, you see Bayern Munich jerseys or Milan jerseys or whatever it might be, you know, Juventus, you know, there's those, there's about 10 teams, sorry, I should say. That's, uh, but look, I just—I I played a lot of soccer as a kid. I just never followed it. As I said in Australia, it's just—I uh, wouldn't say it's a marginalised sport because it has high participation, but it's not—not not a religion like it is in Germany.
0: Yeah, yeah, you have a different culture in uh, sport. you are more into rugby. The kind, of, I, as I told you before, I have a good friend up in Keynes. and nice. uh, he also- uh, Chris Grant, who makes his living off government grants.
1: <laughs> <No. laughs> He's on the dole, is he?
0: Fucker!
1: <laughs> That's cool, man. How, no, no. how did you how did you know a fella in Cairns? How did you get to know someone from up there? Uh,
0: actually, actually um, he, he comes from Cairns, and uh, he lives next uh, in a next village here in Germany.
1: Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yep.
0: And now he sticks for a couple of months. Uh, now he went back to Cairns because his family comes from here. He has a son up there, but he's married here to a German girl. Ah, um, gotcha. So, uh, uh, but most of the time he sticks in Cairns. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Germans in Australia now. You know.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Are, uh, Australia are quite common here. So yeah. Where are you going? Uh, Australia. Ah uh, yeah because it's as Japan too. Japan too. It's hmm. something really different hmm. to what we have here in Europe, the Canary Islands or whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's still Europe. But Australia, this island is as Japan Japan too, hmm. uh, completely different to the rest of the world. That's mm. what makes it really interesting. And I'm completely attracted to your country, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, whatever, Brisbane. And that's wonderful cities. And it's completely different to what you will find here. You know, mm. even people. I was running, remember strolling around in Melbourne. I'm a, I'm a vegan, you know, so it's sometimes uh-huh. hard to find vegan restaurants. But I just, okay, hey, you know what, I enter this door, hey, hello, I'm from Germany, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking for a, a vegan restaurant, hey, mate, yeah, Germany, Wow, here, a beer, and so he shouted a beer, and we had, first of all, we had a beer, and then he <laughs> showed me the way to the next vegan restaurant, and yep. so, all oh, nice people, oh, where are you from, Germany, oh, yeah, Germany, and blah, 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 and so. It's uh, a bit different to, to Germany. We are more also our roots are more from the from the army. We are more army related, you know, mm-hmm. and so that you can feel we are kind of rude as our pronunciation. You can you can hear in my pronunciation. is more so, <laughs> 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 and that's the way, that's the way we. We, we act we are more strict and more harder. So so not everyone but that's it's more our culture. And in, in Breezy or in Australia it's more so yeah, easy going hang loose or whatever that means. Yeah. I know it's good. be careful with that sign, but um <laughs> this kind of hang loose feeling it's uh, that you can feel right the moment you, you, you enter you can't
1: yeah, well, German people had a lot to do with uh, building Australia up back in the eighteen hundreds. Around me here, the cane fields were all originally they were started by German migrants. So, to give you an idea, one of the one of the towns near me is called Steiglitz, which is a German name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's yeah, yeah. there's the the street names have got you know Oppermann, this sort of thing. So there are lots of German street names. The church is literally called. There's a. There's literally a road called German Church Road, near me. So to give you an oh. idea, yeah, the settlers were very strong, and my kids go to a Lutheran school, which is of course you know Martin Luther German. So very mm-hmm. very strong German. I wouldn't call it influence because you, you you wouldn't know that there was a German influence here, but the inspiration is very much German. It's not just yeah, English yeah, yeah, and yeah. Irish, you know.
0: Yeah. I guess it was during the 1920s, right? So 1920s, 30s, where uh, heaps, or at the end of the 19th century,
1: where heaps of Germans yeah, the End of the 19th century. Ge- yeah, that's right, yep. yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I I've, I've saw a lot of uh, history uh, broadcasting about that thing uh, yeah. in Australia uh, on telly. Though so we have a special history channel which yep. is hosted by an Australian who grew up uh, here in Germany. He speaks a he speaks a clear German, but with this uh, Australian accent. <laughs> and he's going nice. around the country with the camera, a, a camera team, and explains to the spectators what happened here and shows all these buildings and the leftovers and the influences. In architecture and whatever and so that's quite interesting what he does so so yeah. that's the reason why I know you what you're talking about and even <laughs> yeah. Chris my friend from Keynes told me a lot influ- uh, about influences he had as an or- original born Keynes one Kenyaner
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a mixture between German here and his, yeah his uh, Original born king, one boy, whatever. Hmm. So even he can tell you stories about the German, I call it leftovers
1: in your culture. So. Yeah, the German leftovers, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, I think everybody thinks Australia is very English abroad, but uh, it's not at all, actually. I mean, there's definitely the influence there, but say, for example, with my heritage, I don't have any English in me, it's Scottish and Irish. I mean, there might be some English yeah. further down the line, but McGrath on my mother's side and Mackay on my father's side. So, um, okay. yeah, I mean, you could say British Isles, really, but uh, I think it used to be like that maybe prior to 19- uh, the World War Two, but not afterwards, for God's sakes. I mean, you go to Melbourne and there and Sydney, there are whole communities now of uh, Arabs and uh, Indians and Chinese it, like whole suburbs, where you'll go, you'll you'll see, or you won't see an Australian, you know, an ethnic Australian, so to speak. You'll just see different cultures. I know, I know, Germany's a lot like that now as well, isn't
0: it? Yeah, uh, because of uh, the world getting, because of the possibilities you have as a human being right now, mm. or now uh, today's possibilities you have traveling around the world. It's not that tricky as it was in the past of our history of the human being. Uh, re- to reach your country. I mean, I book a, a ticket, enter a plane, and 20, 20 hours later, here I am. Mm-hmm. You know. uh, so uh, to, to move house uh, on this planet is even easier than it was uh, 100 years or 50 years ago, even after the Second World War, where... The human being was eager to travel around the world and, and yeah, whatever they want, and settle wherever they want to settle to. Mm. And um, I guess this word cosmopolitan uh, nowadays became um, something really important for our Earth, planet, human being, whatever you want to call it, uh, Mm. culture.
1: Look, congratulations on a, on a stellar career thus far. As I said, healthy middle age. But I think for you, mate, it's it's like you've just gotten started. <laughs> you know, you know you're, you're drumming. You'll just continue. You're like the next Tommy Aldridge. You're just going to keep on oh. doing what you do.
0: Hang, hang on, hang on. Even though I'm a kind of a, a copy clone of Tommy Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> was a kind of embarrassing when we were on tour with white Snake. so uh, because I I copied his his patterns and stuff because he was the influence of me um, when I was a kid so I play almost a couple of the same patterns he did afterwards you know so when you when he yeah. was watching my drumming from the side and I was like Oh, my dear, now he comes, now he comes, his parents, brrr, I was like, oh, please do not recognize him. <laughs> 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 I need a hell of a job, bro, mate. So, Thank you, mate. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but nice, thanks mate. For, 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 uh, for compare my name or bring my name onto the table, onto the same table with his name. Um,
1: he's a legend. Oh no, I've thought that for a few albums now that you're the, you're the guy, you know, there's, all, there's always people out there that are sort of carrying a certain torch. And that's that torch that you carry. You know, Tommy, Tommy's still going strong and, and God, I mean, his physique is awesome, isn't it? I mean, he still looks strong in his, his early 70s, I think, isn't he? But but then yeah, yeah. you've got the it going Charles on as well. Yeah, 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 so you've got it going I mean, on as well, so.
0: We were on tour uh, at the end of 19, uh, together in South America, scorpions, white snake, uh, Halloween. Mm. So, and watching his watching his drumming night after night, his energy and his stamina, and he's still fucking loud, even though he pushes, or he pushed back then, the 70. Mm. I mean, he's now, he turned 17 now. This I year, think so.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. But... Like this.
0: And he's a real monster. He still
1: plays with his fucking trunks in his hands. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, a, no, he's, he's, he's 70. He's already turned 70. He was born in August 15, 1950. So, yeah, he's, uh, man, incredible. Yeah, incredible physique, man. But as I say, man, look, congratulations to you on everything you've achieved. And you, you've got so much more to give. And uh, long may we, as fans and listeners, receive Halloween albums with your drumming behind them, brother.
0: Oh thank you mate, thank you mate. So I really appreciate those words that made my that makes my day today or that made my day. So oh. <laughs> or it's going to make my whatever tense you wanna take now.
1: Oh <laughs> good, all good. Well I hope to catch up when you come to Australia and have a few beers, mate. That'd be nice. Yeah. T- be
0: careful what you're saying. I take <laughs> you money. have said now.
1: I'll take and you out. <laughs> I'll take you out around Brisbane again. And, yeah,
0: yeah, because a thing. Uh, what I've learned was anything less than six too many are not enough. Is it right?
1: I absolutely agree That's with that, especially the, if you're having I, a big night.
0: <laughs> anything less than six, two are not, uh, anything less than six are too many, or oh, what's called uh
1: anything less than six but isn't anybody. enough. There you go. I know he's saying, "Yeah, anything less than six isn't enough," and uh, or what is it? Um, one is too many, and a hundred's never enough. <laughs> That's the other saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if, I if, if, yeah, I drink from like a
0: drink that. Up While talking with them, so hey, let, even when he was drinking, uh, when when he's drunk and roistering about the streets and holding into the tavern, and so i <laughs> he's always so. Less, less to is uh, what yeah, yeah. would you say? <laughs> yeah, think cool. is a sporty dude, a monster, really. Uh, he's uh, kayaking. Is it oh, right? Oh God, kayaking. Yeah,
1: kayaking. yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah. a good friend of, uh, one of the best friends of his, uh, of him is a uh, uh, Fisher. He's called. is an Australian crazy man, sporty and. Um, Fisher is the king
1: of kayaking. Um, Oh right, yeah, not familiar with the sport, but yeah, I can probably look him up. Hang on.
0: Yeah, he's quite famous in in
1: Australia. Fisher, Uh, I've forgotten the
0: first name, and he released a a video about his journeys, what he did, where uh, with his kayak, uh, black the black book by whatever Fisher is is called. I don't don't know, can't remember his name properly.
1: Oh, it's all right. I'll find him afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, kayaking, uh, it's, uh, it's another one. It's like soccer in Australia. A lot of people do it, but it's not, not really got a prominent, it's not that all that yeah. prominent in the public eye sort of thing. Yeah. But no, that's cool. Yeah. So th- yeah. Thanks very much again, brother. Thanks very much for the conversation and, uh, God bless. And, uh, may you continue to keep on doing what you're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Same to you. Hey, and uh, I had a lot of pleasure. Talking with you, it was something, finally something different than the regular interviews I I had given so far.
1: So I really appreciate those things and uh, thank you. You made my day. Awesome. Yes, I I definitely try to have a conversation like just two normal blokes. I always liken it to imagine we sit sit next to you together on a plane. That's what I want it to be like and we're just talking, you know what I mean? Because you've got nothing else left to do. That's what I like it to be like. So so hopefully it's been like that, and it sounds like it has been, so I appreciate the feedback, man, yeah.
0: Achieved, hey, thank you. Really uh, enjoyed talking with you,
1: and have a good good evening. Good evening. Almost good evening. 8 o'clock. we play rock and Nice work, brother. All right, well, thanks very much, and catch you again soon, hopefully. No oh, worries. Okay, hey. thanks bye-bye. hope you enjoyed that conversation there with Danny Lobler from Halloween. If you did, go to scarsandguitars.com where there's over 550 more just like it. If you could like, subscribe and share on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, I'm easily found. Just search Scars and Guitars. Of course, if you're on YouTube, you've already tuned in, so it's an easy subscribe. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of this podcast series, Scars and Guitars. Until next time, it's bye for now.